Welcome back to Kingdom Cast. This your host, Super Champ Chuck. We back at it with another episode. Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, and share all your social media platforms. It's been a minute since we had a special guest on our show, uh, but you guys are pretty familiar with him. Uh, he's a nine-year NFL veteran. First started off with the Chiefs, then went on to the Texans, the Ravens, and then the Titans to finish off his career. Uh, we welcome in our special guest, Bernard Pollard, to Kingdom Cast. What's, what's up? What's up? What's up? I'm good. How y'all doing? Good. So we're doing all right. We good. Yeah. Doing all right. <laughs> then we got the usual suspects, Kylie on the top right and Boogie on the bottom right. Uh country will be here soon. He ran a little late. But anyway, Bernard, man. So first let's get to it, man. Like, I mean, what you be up to these days, man? I know you uh part of running like a NASCAR team, but you got anything else going on besides that? I wish I was running a NASCAR team. I I'm not ready for that yet. But I think one of the biggest things for um, me, man, is it's been truly a blessing. Uh, you know, after my playing career just trying to figure out what I wanted to do in life, I guess. And uh, that's one of the things that I think so many players, they, 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 they try to, they struggle with it because when you um, have been playing a game of football for so long, then all of a sudden now it's done. And, and we didn't network like the regular people and all this other stuff, you know? Uh, so for me, it was, it was, I wanted to stay around football. And so my passion, my gift is, is training uh, young men, uh, defensive backs, mentoring young men. Um, we run our foundation, Pollard's Helping Hands, that I started in Kansas City uh, my rookie year with the Chiefs. Um, so, yeah, man, so doing all of that, four kids. Um, so I'm, I'm rolling around. I'm an Uber driver that doesn't get paid. And, uh, man, so just, just, I mean, just enjoying life. I, I think that that's the biggest thing, the, the biggest blessing uh, to be doing right now. So, yeah, as we talked about it before, that's 707 today, and then my nephew here, so he's playing basketball, and then my other son playing basketball. My other daughter, she in travel softball, and she plays basketball, and my other daughter is in uh, club volleyball. So we rolling, brother. Are you uh, are you like a crazy sideline parent? Like when I was coming up, my mom was like getting kicked out of games and like yelling at all the other parents. Are you that parent? So, so okay, so Kylie, I'm not the crazy sideline parent, right? Like, so... So what I do for all of my kid, kids, except for my uh, oldest boy, who I coach his travel 707 uh, football, and then with, when it comes to football, I don't, I don't do this. But for my other three kids, I'm the team photographer and I'm the videographer. So I make the team highlights for their, um, you know, after the games. Um, I'm catching clips and then obviously taking pictures. So I, I wouldn't say so. With the other three, I'm kind of just watching and just you know cheering them on as a parent. As my son, my oldest son, plays football, I think that's the hardest part for me to sit and just watch without saying something because mm -hmm. I know too much. And so for a lot of these high school football coaches, they're pissed at me because I'm looking like, no, that doesn't work. It won't work. You need to change it. And they're looking like, no, we know what we're doing. I'm looking like, no, you don't know what you're doing. And so, you know, I, and I'm headstrong on certain things. So some people get mad at me and they call me combative or they call me whatever else. And I'm just looking like, I'm not combative. I'm just an actual person that played this game for a living. So I watch more football than you've played and I played more football than you've ever watched. So it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, look who finally showed up. Hey, Country, brother, you late. Up, man? Hey, I'm in, I'm in Orlando on vacation. I had to rush in. I'm sorry. I got away from me just a little bit. I'm an hour behind, so I'm sorry. What's up, B? What's up, baby? Man, you already know, man. It's a long time coming. We've been reaching out. I'll be trying to get you 
for like a year and a half, man. You finally answered that the, the stars aligned. So I'm happy to see you, brother. Thank you. Man, it's all good. Good to see you guys as well. Yep. Have y'all right, got so, to the questions yet, or y'all just oh yeah, just we open it up? Yeah, we just you just started. Call him out. Call him out. Literally just started. Hey, that joke. That joke over there on his on his oh. neighbor's Wi Fi. Right. Man, we got the Orlando Wi Fi. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey Bernard, you know this running joke was going around for the podcast for a minute. Like when his internet would act up at times, he said, "Oh, here we go, country's internet." So it was like hey. a running joke for a minute. Hey, I, look, I believe it. That, I was in Orlando a couple weeks ago. My daughter played, and she, my my wife coached her twelve U team at a AAU nationals. Then my daughter played, and dude, we had no service. We the the Wi Fi was awful, and I'm just like, dang, like you know, for as much as it costs to be in Orlando, you don't get no cell service or Wi Fi. Oh. Yeah, this Wi Fi is horrendous. <laughs> you pay for it. I was going to ask before, before I get cut off, I was going to ask you're known as a hitter, a, yeah. a hard hitting safety. You're known for a couple, you got a couple of famous hits. Who are your top five hitters in, in the game, past or present? Past or present? Um, well, is it. Let's go safety, though. Okay, I was just about to ask you. So, if we're talking just DBs, you know, I'm I'm one where a lot of people are going to dislike this, but I, I I tell the truth. I was I'm I'm definitely going to put myself number one, uh, simply because the way that I prepared, the way that I I did things, the hits that pe a lot of people have never even seen, um, because the NFL refused to show them. Um, I did it clean for a long time. I've never used anything. Uh, Performance enhancing, I've never used anything. A lot of guys can't say that. Um, so I, I definitely, uh, for me, um, Jack Tatum was a dude that I that I loved, I watched, uh, that I mimicked a lot of my uh, game after. Um, I, I've, I've got to go with, uh, I, was, I was a fan of, of Dante, Dante Whitner. Um, you know, yeah, I was a fan of Dante Whitner. Um, man, other 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 DBs, uh, Steve Atwater, uh, of was course, a, was a dude that, of I, course. that I love that I loved watching play, and I'm gonna go with um, dang, who's my five? I don't know, probably I'll, I'll probably end up going with Braxton. I know I'm missing somebody, but I'm probably gonna go with Braxton, uh, who played with Denver as well. So it was Atwater and, and, and Braxton. So you know, them, them dudes. They they were you know I watched them growing up and uh, mimicked a lot of my game after and I know a lot of people say what about Ronnie Lott like Ronnie Lott was cool uh, but you know uh, them, them were the dudes that I love. I was gonna say Sean Taylor. Why Sean Taylor didn't crack your fire? Well, I mean Sean, you know Sean. I forgot about Sean. So Sean can you know he can be in the top five, but he he may be out of it a little bit. But Sean Sean was a a vicious, vicious player. And I mean, he was a guy who I didn't watch a lot of Sean. I've, I've seen some stuff in college, um, um, watched him in the pros, um, you know, uh, but I think when, I, when, I, when, when it comes down to my five, I'm, I'm going, I'm going with them dudes, but, but Taylor's definitely, Taylor's definitely a beast. I got you. It's not a bad list. It's, it's not, not a bad, bad list at all. <laughs> Especially Atwater. Atwater used to kill us. I hated Atwater. Bro. I hated Atwater worse than Elway, for real. I hated Atwater, bro. Yeah, he was man. nice. He was a beast. 
Hey, you said kill test all the so, time, man. Hey, man, and I know I got I got crappy internet, so I'm gonna get my questions out the way and get on out of here. I like I said, I appreciate you, Bernard, for real. Um, we we've we've talked about this plenty of times, and we've we've talked about the hard knock situation. What were you thinking? Like, <laughs> why, why did you do that? <laughs> so we but, love but, you, bro. But, it started cool, and then you went you went all the way with it, and I respect you because you play like that on the field. You go oh, yeah, all, yeah, yeah. you went all, you gave it hundred and ten. So it, I'm asking you why you did that, but in the in the same, I know why you did that because you always give hundred and ten, bro. But why did you give hundred and ten? <laughs> Look, so for me on that hard knocks episode. So for me, like for a lot of people. I don't know if a lot of people really understand what training camp is like or even being in the locker room. Like, right? Like, we, we've we been in locker rooms in, you know, middle school and high school and in college. Um, you know, in the pros, man, I, I've always, even in, in college and in, in, in high school, I've been a guy where, you know, I love having fun. I'm perfectly fine with who I am. You try me, I'll knock the piss out of you. On the field, off the field. I, you, you, if you want to try me, you know, because a lot of people say that, you know, you did that dance, you this, you that. And I'm like, oh, that, that's fine. You can say whatever you want to say. But nevertheless, I'm comfortable with who I am. I, I grew up I grew up in ballet. I grew up in gymnastics. So I'm flexible. Still at 38 years old, I'm flexible. I stretch every night. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do to take care of my body, right? I, I want to live a life where I'm here for my kids and their kids, right? And so, you know, it's just one of those things where, for me, I have fun. I laugh. I don't care what anybody got to say. I truly believe in, you know, we're at work. We, we, for a lot of people that don't understand a weekly schedule, a weekly regiment for a pro player or for any athlete, even at the, at the collegiate level, because that's a job at the collegiate level. You've got to have some type of fun because if you're not having fun, man, this thing will eat you alive. And you guys have seen men and women go into professional sports and they just get drained. They get sucked down. They get hurt. They get, you know, just, you know, mentally not there. And I'm looking like, man, at all times, like I will be serious when it's time to be serious. When we in the locker room and we having a blast, oh, my gosh, like we gonna have fun. And I'm the type where we, we were in River Falls and they had a, a, a sound system in the in one in both locker rooms, but in the locker room on the defensive side, man, man, we had a blast. Man, we were in there laughing, dancing. A lot of people don't understand the backstory to that though. Like the 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 hard knocks crew, we had they they were women. So we were sitting around and I ended up walking in from the cold tub, and one of the ladies was like, yo, like if you didn't play football, what would you do? And so I was just like, shoot, I'll be a stripper. And she was like, she was like, what? I was like, yeah. And so Dustin Cole quit his dumb butt. That's where he started cutting on music. And then so everybody, you know, a couple people start dancing or doing whatever. And, you know, I was just like, oh, no, no, no. I, I remember hearing a CD a couple days ago that had a beat that I was like, oh, I I, if, I, if I wanted to, oh, I'll tear that joke up. And so they, I was like, all right, let me go find that CD again. I put that thing in. It was over. You know what I'm saying? I'm, com I'm Like I said, I'm comfortable and I'm confident in who I am. And I'm confident, like I can dance, I can get nasty, I can do whatever we need to do. And I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a blast. My wife gonna laugh, I'm gonna laugh, my teammate, all my teammates on every team that I play for, they know who I am. And I'm glad they didn't they didn't have cameras 
at the Super Bowl party because if y'all have saw that, oh man, that put, that, put, that put what I did with the cheese. Oh man, we had a blast, man. Oh but so, but everybody know who I am though. We have a blast, man. Oh man. No matter what they say about the dance or whatever on the field, it. I don't care how what he did in the locker room. He hitting boys out here on this field. I don't care. At the end of the day, he gonna lay some. He gonna lay it out on somebody for real. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's. Hey, that's I already Julio, respected man. that though. <laughs> yeah, because we had a we had a friend of the show Jared Page on here, and he talked about that story from his point of view. <laughs> he was like, "Man, I didn't know what the hell Bernard was on. Man, I didn't know." I, I said, "He said I'm proud that I wasn't from Fort Wayne." <laughs> said, no. I know what's going on. Hey, a bachelorette party. Hey, boy, that's change, that's it. That's another thing, man. You represented your city, man, and and. Every time they play that clip, they got to hear Fort Wayne, Indiana, man. So you you put it down like, how long ago? How long ago was Hard Knocks? That was twelve that years, was, 15, 20 years almost. That was a, that was a, what was that? Oh seven? Oh eight? Oh eight? Oh seven? Oh eight? Oh eight? I mean, look, that was a long time ago. But at the end of the day, as far as with a lot of people to understand too, my family with me being a ballet and gymnastics. We had, you know, we danced. So we had competition dances and we would be in my, my cousin, all of them. Uh, and, and her daughters actually, you know, uh, they do it now. But, you know, we dance. And so competitively, like like hip hop, everything. And so, you know, that's a, a lot of what people don't understand uh, uh, about me. Uh, I'm a dude that I, I was in. My mom was my gymnastics instructor. You know, she was in gymnastics. You know, she did so many different things and she brought me along um, and ballet and everything else. It helps, you know, with being able to do that. And after the show, of course, they, they asked me to come on Dancing with the Stars and all this other stuff. But, you know, <laughs> I like to, I like to have fun when I, you know, I don't want it to be scripted. You know, and I think we were talking a little bit. Uh, Kylie, uh, you know, was said some earlier before we came on air. But, you know, I'm the type where I can't be me if it's scripted. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love to sit and, I mean, the jokes fly. Being in a locker room, you know, we on somebody's head. Just, you know, just having fun, laughing. But when it's scripted, I'm looking like I told Dance with the Stars, I can't do it. Because I can yeah. go learn to dance. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I can't be who I am if you're telling me what I got to do and be on TV. Because then no longer is is that, that's not genuine. So, yeah, I turn, mm-hmm. I turn, I turn Dancing with the Stars down. Uh, I'm still a dancer. I still can get down. I still can do the splits. I'll, um, I, hey, I, I guess it in. So, you know, and I, my kids, my, my kids know they daddy a clown and all their teammates, all their schoolmates, man, they know we're going to have fun when we go to the Paul's house or, you know, we out in public. Hey, I'm with you on that, man. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned all that unscripted stuff because I agree with you. It's definitely more natural when it's unscripted. Cause, I mean, right. sometimes with TV now, you can tell when it's scripted. Yeah. You can easily mm-hmm. tell. Like, it's obvious. Like, Reality right from your face. Hey. <laughs> oh, that's you had to put one. the fingers up. <laughs> that's the big one. <laughs> For sure. So, uh, so uh, during your time with the Chiefs, man, like, is there a highlight that sticks out to you in your career? Because I know you posted, like, two days ago, you – you saw you mentioned about the hit on Justin Fargus, I yeah. believe. So uh was that your favorite one or is there another one that stood out even more during your time here at the Chiefs? Man, it I, my time in Kansas City, I had a lot of fun. Um I have to be honest though. Like Kansas City was where I grew as a player. Um, you know, Herm Edwards, I learned a lot from him. I I, I wouldn't be the player that I am today if it wasn't for Herm. Herm was a coach that, you know, wanted me to come out that shell. He was, I was, 
you know, on a football field, I was trying to, you know, everything was a hit stick for me. And Herm was just like, Bernard, like, you're not going to last if you try to play that way. I need you to shrink it down to two to three hits like that a game and just tackle everybody, right? Tackle everybody else. And so, you know, I learned so much from him. But I think, you know, my time in Kansas City was so different because coming into Kansas City, being drafted by the Chiefs, and 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 uh, Mr. Hunt was phenomenal. Um, Carl Peterson, uh, you know, I'm thankful for I'm thankful for them. But I think, you know, me learning management, me learning that this was a business, and me watching the way that they did Herm Edwards, and me, you know, trying to figure out. Wait a minute, you know, when they got rid of him, and and, and he never had control. Herm never had power in Kansas City. Gunther Cunningham had way more power than, 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 than Herm Edwards. And other people had way more power than, than, than Coach Edwards. And so I was watching that while I'm trying to play a game and play for a guy who I felt like, you know, this guy drafted me, brought me in. And he would sit me aside, bring me aside, and be like, look, Bernard, like, like this is what's going on. And I'm just like, yo, like, it's just a dirty business. And so my time in Kansas City was a lot of fun. I enjoyed the city. I enjoyed the fans. I enjoyed playing in that uniform. But it, it, it was just so different. And so it's almost – it's not a blur, but it's just a spot in my career where I'm like – and then when they brought in Scott Pioli and, and Todd Haley, them two sorry suckers. I, I'm like, they were the worst. <laughs> and um, But, you know, after they brought them in, Scott Pioli let me know uh, what I did to Tom Brady. He, he came up to my locker and told me, he said, I'm going to cut you. Because of what you did to Tom Brady, so I knew my time in Kansas City was that over. was a real story. He really oh, that's real. Yeah, yeah, real. Oh, real. wow, all real. And uh, you know, is when they when they hired him, he literally walked up to me and told me, "I'm going to cut you for you what you did to Tom Brady." And I just looked at him and I was just like, "Okay." And so after the last uh, preseason game, um, he he cut me. He turned around and sent the FedEx to my house saying that they cut me because I did something that was conduct detrimental to the football team. And I'm looking like I've never been in trouble. I've never been late. I, I don't do anything, right? I, I'm, I'm the first one in, last one to leave. So you can't say that. So it was just the lies. And, and just to seeing the business side of it, I just did, I, I disliked in Kansas City. I love the fan base, love the city. I loved playing with my teammates, but played with a whole bunch of teammates and teammates that Herm didn't even know we was getting just because he didn't have any power. So once again, that, that all falls into that. And when I went to Houston, it was just, uh, that was a, it was refreshing. Um, I went with Coach, Coach Gibbs, who was with Herm, who drafted me. And playing for Coach Gibbs, playing in Houston was a lot of fun. But Baltimore, man, that was a place where that was – everybody in that locker room was like me. And so, yeah, it was crazy. What What is the difference between Herm Edwards coaching and John Harbaugh's coaching? Ooh. So, so I got – you know, once again, I, I, I'm transparent. And I'm honest with what – comes out of my mouth herm is herm is a showman um coach coach edwards i don't know if he was i don't know if he's is if i don't know if he's a head coach I, and that's just being honest i i don't know if he's a defensive coordinator i think he at best he's probably a position coach at the professional level i i i heard people at arizona state loved him but you know i just you know he knows when them cameras cut on, he, he can turn it on. And I think, you know, TV is where he should be. Um, the thing with, with, with John Harbaugh, you know, Coach Harbaugh is not – he's not a – he doesn't really know anything. 
You know, and, 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 and a lot of people say I'm hating. A lot of people say I'm mad. And I tell people I was in the room. I was in the building. You weren't. Herm, uh, you know, Coach Coach Harbaugh literally was a special teams coach, so he doesn't know anything about offense or defense. I'm not saying he can't learn, but he wasn't hired to come in and be an X's and O's guy for the Baltimore Ravens. He was hired because he was a he was a disciplinarian, and he had that background, and that's what they wanted in Baltimore. So when they brought him in, they hired management hired everybody around him. And so now when he won a Super Bowl, now he was able to unlock those powers to be able to hire certain guys. But once again, still to this day, when I watch football and I watch the Ravens play, Coach Harbaugh still knows nothing about offense or defense. He knows nothing. And I can tell you right now, when I was in Baltimore, he couldn't even come in our meetings. He would knock on the door. We'd say, get away. Literally. You know, he was a guy where he was just he just didn't know. And we wasn't being mean. We, we had a uh, it, anybody could get it in Baltimore. Everybody got cracked on. Everybody got put on a joke wheel, but he was a guy who just was, he was the, 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 the face, you know, uh, on game day, he didn't make any decisions. He just didn't. And a lot of people mad at that, but that's just truth. And if you look at it, look at every head coach in the national football league, they're tied to offense or defense. John Harbaugh isn't, he's not, he's not, not tied to offense or defense, not even special teams. Wow, that's interesting. That's mm-hmm. interesting. So during this time, so this entire time, he's just been a face. Just been a he face. ain't really. Hmm, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I want to go back to what you said about uh, you getting cut, you know, after Tom Brady getting hurt stuff, right? Because when we made the announcement about the show tonight, you know, I've seen all the Chiefs, com- Chiefs fans making comments saying, you know, the Brady Slayer, the Brady Killer, whatever you want to call it, Patriots Killer, all that nonsense, right? But I kind of want to help you out to try and kind of get that label off you a little bit. Uh, just to see if you agree with me on this, right? Now, I've seen the play, like, numerous times over and over again. And to me, it looked like he was just trying to get up to make a play. And at the very end, to me, it kind of looked like Shane Vereen kind of pushed you in the back to kind of force you in the breeze. Knee, I mean, do you agree with that assessment, or was it just, like, one of those unfortunate things? Well, it was definitely unfortunate. I, I It was it was a uh... – I believe it was a play action, if I remember correctly. And I was going yeah. to, I was, I had to run it back man to man. So when, as I came mm-hmm. into the gap, I was going to gut him. So when I was, when we say gut, I was going to hit him uh, in his knees. So I was hitting him in his knees as he was getting the ball. But I realized at the last second, I saw it was play action. So it was, I believe it was, if I'm not mistaken, Falk. Um, where I, I think it was Kevin Falk. So when when I when I went to get up because when I went to cut him. I went to the ground to cut him. But then now I, when I was rising up, he was on my back. So as he's on my back, I'm still trying to push to get up, but then move forward. When Tom stepped up, that's when I end up hitting his knee. But, you know, once again, I tell people all the time, and I'll say it right now, again, I am not sorry for what I did. What I did was not dirty. It was not illegal. Um, if it would have been me, the game still would have went on, just like it did after he left the game. It was there was nothing malicious about it. It was a football play. And so the same thing I had to tell Randy Moss, same thing I had to tell the rest of their teammates, you know, who had something to say after the game. And for so many other fans, like, you know, th- that wasn't intentional. That wasn't my intention to blow his knee out. It really wasn't. Um, I'm a hard-nosed football player, and I'm going to do whatever I can to get to the ball. He happened, he happened to have the ball at that moment, and so I was doing what I could to get to the ball. Um, so once again, I'm not sorry for what happened. Um 
you know, it's unfortunate. You hate to see it. But at the end of the day, it's football. How does that make you feel that they changed that rule because of that hit? I mean, you know, I get it. But at the end of the day, it's just, it, you know, when you look at this game, Boogie, man, like it, it, it's, it's hard because when it comes down to respecting stats, respecting history, and putting the label on certain players on GOATs and setting records, because of so many rule changes, and, and we talk about that one and so many others, I mean, you can't do certain things. So how can you respect certain records being broken? How can you respect, you know, certain stats being had? Like, you know, it, it, this game is so much easier for players these days, and it's so much harder, particularly for defensive players these days. Offensive players, like, it's literally, hey, let's wake up Sunday morning, let's get ready to go play, and we're going to play catch. We're going to play catch. Why can't we play catch now? Because they can't hit us. You know what I mean? Like, we're literally playing catch. And so, I like, I tell my defensive backs that I train, go gut their knees. Because at the end of the day, you can't hit them up high. Where do you expect us as defense players to hit them? Our head is connected to our shoulders. So if our head is connected to our shoulders, when I go to hit you at some point in time, my helmet is going to graze your helmet if I hit you high. It's going to graze you. So I think it needs to be, was that a malicious hit? Like, will it slow down a game? Can it come from up top? But we need to be able to dictate, was it, was it malicious or was it not malicious? Because with my head being connected to my shoulders, when I connect with you, when I hit you, we're going to collide at some point in time. But this, I'm, a, I'm a stickler and I'm a believer in the people that's creating these rules for NFL players. I'm, I'm convinced, and I know, there are a whole bunch of dudes that never played this game. And they're able to go and make rules dictating the game that they never played. So now mm -hmm. you have just completely destroyed the game. So for a lot of former players, they can't stand watching football. I rarely – I'll watch football. I'm, I'm starting to get back into it. But it's hard to watch because the game is so watered down. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So you were – Yeah. So you were a special teams guy earlier in your career. How do you feel about the rule change they just made for that and the kickoff return being that they can uh, – Sorry, <laughs> that you catch it inside the 25-yard line, fair catch, and then it just gets placed on the 25-yard line. How do you feel about that rule change? It feels like they're kind of taking special teams away in that sense. That, I mean, Kylie, that's what they're doing. I mean, yeah. once again, these are guys that never played, guys and gals that never played, implementing rules for players who are actually playing a game. So it's just, I mean, at the end of the day, just get rid of it. Like, if you're going to mm -hmm. do that, just get rid of it. You know, but, you know, you're taking away from jobs. And so I just... Leave the game alone. I mean, yes, we can get the dirty plays out. Let's get we can get that out without damaging the game. But for a lot of former players, we look at this game and say it's damaged. And you know, when you look at it like guys like Dan Marino, guys like you know, early on Ben Roethlisberger's when you're throwing for 25, 28, 3,000 yards, that was huge back in the NFL. Now, dudes throwing for five and six thousand yards, no problem. Why? Because guys can't hit that. You got receivers running across the middle, free, scot free. You can't. They know you can't touch them. And so, you know, just from that, from the special teams, is I think is getting out of hand. I think that it needs to be fixed. I mean, you know, I, I once again, I get the dirty play. 
dirty play, we need to get out. But I think, too, with a lot of this, you're causing – I was just talking about this the other day. For a lot of moms and, and fathers who are raising these kids and they're playing Pop Warner and, you know, up through middle school and high school and all this other stuff, they're afraid to allow their sons to play football. And I'm just like, man, like, your son can get a concussion playing soccer. Your son can get a concussion on the basketball court. Like, it's, you know, like, football is football. You know, it, yes, you've got to be a certain type of player to play it. But at the end of the day, the same injuries can happen on when we talk about concussions and things of that nature. Those can happen on soccer, at soccer, volleyball, basketball, baseball, all of that, all of that stuff. Now, if they are a good baseball player, you better keep it behind the baseball because that's some money that you don't want to pass up. For but, sure, right you know, now. you know, yeah, exactly. So but I, I just think they're scaring a lot of people in society, like the general population. I think they're scaring those people to allow their kids to play ball. Hey, Bernard, were you in your feelings or do you stick by saying that football won't exist in 30 years if they continue on this path? You, you see the rule changes. I stay behind. I, I stand 10 toes down with what I said. The rule changes yeah. keep coming. So at the end of the day. You keep making all these rules every year. Somebody keep getting hurt. Then they got another rule to per- try to prevent that injury. So now they saying we're going to get softer. At the end of the day, if you keep making rules at some point in time, like I said, somebody going to have to die on the somebody going to have to die on the field. When I made that comment when we were in the Super Bowl, at the Super Bowl, I meant every word that I said. We saw Damar, or is it Demar, Damar Hamlin? Uh, Hamlin? Yeah, Damar Hamlin. Damar Hamlin. Hamlin. Yeah. We, yeah. We, we, we watched him. This man was gone. They resuscitated him. Like, this stuff right here is serious. This game is, this is a violent sport. You can't dodge violence in this sport. So when you say, oh, run full speed, play 100%, but all that full speed, that 100% and that weight and everything, everything that you just did all week, all the work that you did, when you get to that quarterback and you go on full speed, lighten up, don't land on him. What? How does that make sense? I just built up momentum to go get him, and then you want me to stop that momentum when I connect with him to not land on him. So now, you, y'all you saw it, uh, was it uh, Pickett when he was in college? He went on a fake slide and stayed up. So that's what these players are doing now, because players, defensive players are letting up because they don't want to get fined. They don't want to get suspended. They don't want to get thrown out of a football game because of hard hits. So they're lighting up and guys are offensive players are taking advantage of it. Byron Leverage did the same thing when they started to implement those rules. He did the same thing when we played him when I was in Baltimore. He acted like he was going out of bounds. I let up and that sucker went right down the sideline. Now I got his behind the next series. But at the end of the day, this is what you're this is what is happening so once again they're going to you can't fix everything we can get rid of the dirty play but when you try to create a rule for after every single injury injuries are going to happen we are running around cutting hitting everything else what are you what do you think going to happen if i got to put on a helmet to go play a game something crazy happening yeah don't you find it frustrating that they're adding and making all these rule changes, but then they're adding more games to the season or they're breaking in rules that you can play multiple Thursday night games in a season? Don't you find that to be a little uh, ass backwards? Kylie, it's called money, 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 money. I know, hey. but it's frustrating. <laughs> it's frustrating. But at the end of the day, they look at my, yo, we want to make as much money as we can while this sport is as hot as it is. Let's make money. And that's what they're looking at. Look at all the teams. Oh, we, hey, we might want to go to London and have a team in London. We might want to go have a team in, in, in Germany. All those other, like, what? 
How, like, like I'm not against that, but at the end of the day, they see money. The NFL, man, is the NFL. I keep telling everybody. I tell people this all the time. The NFL is his own government. Y'all better listen to what I'm saying. The NFL is his own government. This thing is real out here, and them jokers don't care. They're their own government. Players get in trouble. Players get arrested. All this other stuff. They got every everything you need in an NFL facility. Every facility. Everything that you need. Everything that you need in that facility. Police. FBI. Medicine. Anything. Whatever you need is all there. They can do whatever they want to do. They can keep you out. They can keep you If it gets leaked, they allowed it to get out there. That's just what it is. You're not lying about that because, because, uh-huh. because, yeah, you you hitting all these points, man. I'm glad you're hitting all these points, man. Yeah. Because, because at the end of the day, man, like it, this applies to the NBA too. The NBA they pretty much do the same thing. They try to come up with a money grab, you know what I mean? Because I feel like both of those leagues, in particular, they stripping the fabric away from the game, and it's really making it worse. And a lot of people really aren't seeing that. So yeah. I'm glad you're hitting on all these points, man. Yeah, man, crazy. Uh, yeah, so. Now let's get on to the current Chiefs, um, current state of the Chiefs. So with this safety group, uh, I don't know if you can really keep a track of them like that, but what do you think about this current safety group for this upcoming NFL season for the Chiefs? When I look at the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, I think the biggest thing, really good defense. I, I think you have one of the best interior D linemen um, in the National Football League. Um, but when I look at this defense, I think the <clears> – <throat> let me rewind. When I look at this team – Andy Reid is the best offensive mind in football. And I think most people are starting to understand that. Um, he's put together a roster that that he knows can go out there and be victorious any Sunday. And then when it comes to postseason play, he knows his guys are able and capable of winning football games. You got best quarterback in the National Football League. You got one of the best tight ends in the National Football League. And you got guys that can complement those guys outside and in the backfield. You got an offensive line at a block for them, right? They're, they're spending the money there. When you look at the defensive side of the ball, you have quality, quality, quality players. I think the best player is, is the interior lineman. But when you look at everybody else around him, I think what makes that defense good is a defensive coordinator. I think Steve Spagnuolo is, is, is probably the best. I don't know if I want to say he's the best defensive coordinator in the National Football League, but he's the best adjusting defensive coordinator in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. By far the best. And, you know, I think that that's – he's able to put – he's able to put pieces together. And when you say, okay, I'm playing chess, you playing checkers, he's literally playing chess all the time. And if you make a move – Oh, when we go to halftime, hey guys, we're gonna adjust this. He adjusts so well. It is, it is, it is almost it is a beauty to watch him adjust his defense and the different ways that they can play all of these coverages. It, it, it is phenomenal. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that there's a spectacular defensive back in that backfield, uh, you know, in that room for the defensive backs. They're really good players. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm not I'm not knocking them. But you know, when you when you look at the coach being able to put his pieces in position to be successful. I was just telling my son this earlier. When you look at the National Football League, man, and, and, and any, you know, for college football, National Football League, those are their puzzles. So every year in and year out, those certain pieces leave. So they want to find pieces, whether it's via draft or free agency, um, they want to find pieces to be able to put in, in that on that puzzle to be able to make things happen. I don't think anybody 
can do it better than Steve Zagnolia. Like, he is phenomenal. So, I mean, we could talk about the players. They're good, but we got to talk about the defensive coordinator. I wish you on that. So, what do you so, – so, with Steve Spagnuolo, what he's done throughout his NFL career, I mean, do you feel like he's he's a first ballot Hall of Fame type of guy or is he going to have to wait a little bit get into that? I, I mean, you know, as far as for coaches, I, I, I don't really understand. I mean, when we look at coaches, the only, you know, uh, the D.C. for um, Pittsburgh, you know, um, he's Dick a Hall LeBeau. of Fame guy. Dick LeBeau is a Hall yeah, of Fame yeah. guy. He's won a couple Super Bowls. Uh, Steve Spagnoli, I think he what he he has two, four. He has four. Oh, he, he got, got four. four he got four. So four yeah, you might have to. Yeah, he, he, he might be in that thing because I mean he's putting together quality. His defenses aren't going to blow you away statistically like that. Right. He's able to adjust well. He's going to give up some things here and there. That's just the nature of this this game. This you're going to give up yards in this game simply because it's hard to play defense. You can't touch him. You can't jam him. You can't do certain things. You can't, you know, so that happens. But I, I think what, what he's doing and he got four. So, yo, I mean, he, he got more than Dick LeBeau right now. Yeah, it's got to be the case for me. <laughs> But, Nora, who was the best player you ever played with? The best player I think I've ever played with. And, and, and so I tell people all the time, so when those questions are being asked, you know, like with guys that played the game, we're specific, right? Like so the best player defensively, the best player offensively, the best special teams player I've ever played against. Uh, played Let me with. get one offense and one defense. Ooh. I think the best offensive player I think I've ever played with, I gotta say Andre Johnson. Andre Johnson. Andre Johnson. I mean, a lot of people don't understand that dude had. He had the city of Houston on his back, and he performed year in and year out. Hundred plus catches, thousand plus yards. I mean, this dude was an animal, and all all he does is work. That's all he do. Work. Uh, he took care of his body. Andre didn't say much, and and and, and I know y'all remember the fight he had with Cortland Finnegan when when I was yes. And for you to piss Andre off, for him to come out of character and fight like that, you had to have did something that was just straight up dumb. Uh, Andre Andre was just one of the coolest dudes and just worked his butt off every single day. Um, he was, I think, he was one of the best offensive teammates. Him, it's it's got to be between him and Anquan Bowden. Uh, both of them, both of them are just animals on yeah. a, on the football on, on the football field, and, and you know, in the community, in the weight room, around a facility, uh, just really good dudes. Um, defensively, dang, um, I gotta. So that's hard defensively because I learned so much from this dude. Air Reed, man, was 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 just a mastermind. He just understood football. He understood how it was supposed to go. And and I understood a lot of that, but because of the, the, the organizations I left from, where I did a lot of the things that we did in Baltimore, um, the way that I studied, the way that I looked at things, he was able to kind of take me from here to just like, yo, hone in here. And boom. And I was like, got you. 
You know what I mean? Like I study my butt off. I take notes every single time. I, I, I still got all my notepads. I watch film. I, I, I just did it all. Like, but it was just a certain way he looked at the game was just like, you know, pre-snap. Like Bernard, what can what can it can't what 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 can they do and what can't they do? And I'm like, oh, okay. I ain't never really thought about it like that. Like I knew I, I knew it, but to hear it come out that way, man, like it was just just dumb, like just dumb smart. Like, and I was just like that. And that's why him and I we worked together so well because you know. He was able to do things in the back end. I was able to do things in the back end. But when it came down to that, coming down in the run game and things of that nature, that's where, you know, I'm I'm going to make you pay. You know, and if I came from even from more debt, like I, I got speed behind my weight. So when I hit you, oh, yeah, it's over. So but just to be able to be, you know, uh, paired up with him, man, that was just I think that those dudes, I, I will pick those three. I'm bringing uh playing special teams. This dude was a, just straight up just animal. Special team, Pro Bowls everywhere. Uh, won a Super Bowl with him in Baltimore. Brandon Imadagio was just a phenom. So, yeah, so it's crazy. Uh, man, I, I want to go ahead, Chad. Now, I was about to say, um, those are some great names you just mentioned. Um, but, but with Andre Johnson, I do remember when you was at Tennessee – um, at the end of your career, you laid them out pretty good on that one. Hit. You caught a pass on the sideline. You let him know. You let him know what's up. And he had the birdies for a minute, man. Yeah. <laughs> Yay, man! You dang. It, it, so, so, look, I I think, and 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 I'm I am so honest that like so when guys get hurt, you know. I, I, I've always said I had it posted in my locker everywhere that I was. My goal was the Super Bowl. My mission was to kill. I have never, I have felt, never felt bad after bad a hit. You know, it never never felt bad after a hit in a game. After the game, I felt awful because Andre was a dude that I just – I loved Andre. But during the game, it's just like I got to be able to go a place – I got to be able to go somewhere that nobody else is willing to go. I got to be able to do things that other people are not willing to do. I'm willing to get dirty. I don't care if you like me. Like, literally, every team that I was on, you don't like me. I don't care. You want to fight me? Let's fight. You want to meet me at the bottom buses? Let's go. I, I, I don't care. I don't, I'm, I'm not here to be friends with you. I'm not here to hang out and drink, drink with you. I'm not here for my wife to be your wife's friend. I'm not here for that. You know what I'm saying? I'm here to do my job. And my job was to protect every blade of grass behind me. And if you came in my job, in my real estate, it was my job to put you down. That I felt terrible because when I hit him, it I hit him hard, but it was the ground watching his head bounce off the ground with the force that I hit him with. I felt terrible. And uh, like I said, Andre's a dude like he, he obviously was done that game and um didn't come back. He was out a couple weeks after that, and I'm just like, dang. I'm not apologizing, but I just feel bad. Uh, every other hit in my career, oh, I'm looking like, man, them suckers can have it. Like, bro, like, Stephen, really? Hey, go to sleep. Night-night. You know, all these other things. Like, that kid was... I'm, I ain't gonna lie. I thought you caught a body with that. Hey, bro, he, he was sleep. He That sucker was sleep before he hit the ground. And I've had a couple, I've had a couple hits like that, man, where you know, like it, it, like I was gonna post this. My wife told me don't post it, uh, but it was a hit that 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 I have. And and once again, the NFL won't show a lot of my hits. They the stats, 
hits the video, the NFL won't show it. They like so after every player is done, and so this is how bad the NFL. The NFL dislikes me a lot, and I'm okay with that. I'm a big boy, but so after every after you retire, the NFL creates a highlight of every tackle that you've made. So I had over 770 whatever tackles. I had, you know, all my forced fumbles. They didn't give me all my forced fumbles. They didn't give me all, so just a lot of other stuff, right? So the NFL sent me back a minute and 30 second highlight of my career. A minute and 30 seconds. I laughed at that. I was just like, are you freaking kidding me? But it's just, you know, I changed the game so much because of the way that I played and I didn't care, but I was also one that they couldn't control. You're not, you don't tell me what to say. You don't tell me what to do. You don't run me. I come and I play. I tell people all the time, I didn't play for four different teams because I was a bad player. I played for four different teams because, well, obviously, the, with Scott Pioli and everything else, I, like, you don't – I dictate my career. I dictate what I say. I dictate what I do. And when you can't run me and they understand that I have people that are going to follow me when we play, oh, no, they, they got to get that out. They got to get that out of the organization. You know, so it, it's just one of those things, man, where I'm, I'm not – I don't want to say I'm rogue, but you know, I'll, I'm the, I'm a dude that you know what? Like, let's go. If I see something bad done to a player, you cut a player for no reason, or you you try to do. That's what Harbaugh. That's why he did Baltimore. Harbaugh knew. Hey, Bernard challenges me. I don't want him here. You got everybody out of that organization that challenged him. When when coaches win a Super Bowl, they unlock powers. When we won that Super Bowl, he unlocked powers, and he had he he got control of the roster. That was the power he unlocked, and that's why he was capable of making those move, the moves he made by getting rid of everybody on our defense. Yeah, so you came to mentality like uh, on ATL. He's like, man, I don't want to kick it with you. I don't want to skate with you. None of that. <laughs> hey, brother, I got my family, my kids, my wife, my cousins, my best friend. I got I got my people. I got my circle. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love, I have relationships with people, fans that I've become friends with uh, in every city that I played with, I played in. I don't need to bring on another player in my circle. I don't need to be friends with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, like, I I never, I never sat after a game and wanted to exchange a jersey. I ain't never sat and wanted to have a conversation. I'll say what's up to you, maybe in pregame, but I was locked in. I was locked in to kill you behind. That's what I was locked in. And after the game was over with, I did my job. I went and showered and I went home. I don't need to be your friend. I don't need to hang out with you. I got my, my boys, everybody, all my teammates know, like when we talk, we talk, we laugh, we kick it, we have fun. For my opponents, yo, you don't like me. I don't care. You ain't going to do nothing about it. So, yeah, that's how I was. And that's how I am. That's how I am. Let's go and get to one of those questions in the chat that uh, John brought mm -hmm. up. So you already mentioned what it was like to play with A. Reed. What was it like to have Ray Lewis as your teammate in Baltimore? To play with, with Ray was a lot of fun, man. Um, you know, to be able to, once again, to, to, to be in Baltimore, that organization, that defense, everybody on defense was just like I was. I was a hitter. I was a wild boy. I was – I was going to give everything that I had. I gave everything that I had. Everybody, the other 10 guys on defense and the backups, everybody was the same exact way. So when I went to Baltimore and I, so I was, so I don't know if y'all remember, but it was the lockout that happened um, after the 2010 season. So I was negotiating with Houston Texans to resign with the Texans. Well, I had an opportunity rise with Baltimore where Ozzy called me. Now, 
when Ozzy called me, I was like, yo, I'm cutting everything off with Houston because I want to go to Baltimore and play. But at the same time, I was like, uh, am I going to get along with Ray Lewis? Am I going to get along with Haloti Nada? Am I going to get along with Terrell Suggs? Like, you know, like, Air Reed, like, you know, will our, will, will, will our, the way that we do things will that clash? Because I'm an alpha male. And I knew they were alpha males. So I was like, I don't know if that's going to work. So I was I was reluctant, man. And we had moved out to LA and and Paige, like Paige tell you we out we out there with Paige. I want to see what, what California was like and hated it. Um <laughs> so it was just one of those things where going to Baltimore when 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 the opportunity came, I was like, okay, I'm gonna go. So we went from California to Baltimore. I flew from Cal to Red Eye from California to Baltimore. Uh Ozzy signed me. John Harbaugh didn't even know I was in the building. Didn't know I was so. Once again, he didn't. He didn't even make moves. So he was. He was kinda like a Herm Edwards, but he was there for discipline. He he was there for discipline. Herm was just kind of there. Like, and I don't mm. mean, but um, it was just one of those things, man. When I when I got there, John didn't like me because John knew I was. A, he knew I was an alpha, and he was just like, you know, he did everything he could to 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 not allow me. To step on the football field, but I, like I told him, I said, "Look, man," and I saw that sucker in the in the in the cafeteria. I told that joke. I said, "Look," I said, "Dog, Ozzy signed me to come here and to be a force for this defense. If you don't like it, please cut me now so I can go somewhere else." Mm -hmm. And uh, we, I mean, we had it out, like you know. And I mean what I say, and I say what I mean. That's not me being mean. I was my own agent, so I got. I know I'm the product. The product got to. I was confident the product was going to be what the product needed to be on a football field. I'm not going to let you screw me over. I'm my own agent. I got to take care of me. I got to take care of my family. So when you're trying to screw me over, when I see that, then now, now I got to be agent and player. Hey, you got, you got it right here. We don't need to do business in your office. We're going to do business right here in this lunchroom in front of all my teammates. And they I literally raid all them laughing because they was like, you actually did that. I said, yeah. I, like, bro, like, like, I'm not, I ain't no punk. I'm going to say what mm -hmm. I need to say. He needs to know what he's doing. And, you know, it was just one of those things where, you know, the move had to be made. The move was made. And history was made. So it was just one of those things where that's just what it is. What did Ozzy exactly do to sell you when he got you there? So it was just, you know, like Ozzy said. Ozzy said, Bernard, he said, uh, we missing something. He said, we've been to the AFC uh, championship he said, uh, we can't get past Pittsburgh. He was like, we need to bring in an enforcer. He said, you are the enforcer we need. He said, you are the piece that we need. You're the piece of the puzzle that we need. Literally, those were his words. And I was just like, all right. I was like, all right, I'll, 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 I'll come visit. And um, I knew they were a good football team. Uh, Joe, they, they had went. Uh, Pittsburgh had put him out of the NFC or AFC Championship, and then I think Pittsburgh put him out two years in a row. So they had lost uh, Deron Landry, and he was a good safety. But when it came down to force and people respecting, you know, the middle, I don't think a lot of people, you know, that's when if you remember, Heinz Ward was cracking back on a lot of jokers, putting them jokers out. Yeah, he definitely so, was. He definitely you know, was. When I came. You know, I told him, I said, Ozzy, I said, you know, I'm coming. I said, um, I said, and, and, you know, just let me do what I do. I said, I, I'm going, I'm going to put fear in, in our opponents. And literally, man, it was just, it, it, we gel like no other. 
And, and, and that's, that was one thing I was afraid of, you know, because I thought it wouldn't happen. And, and I mean, we all just Terrell. I mean, Terrell, every, every game Terrell was just like, you know, but Bernard was the piece we needed. Bernard was the S factor, you know, bringing him in to win the Super Bowl. And I mean, like I tell people in Baltimore, people mad at me because of what I said with, with Lamar. But, you know, if I didn't go to Baltimore, Baltimore is not winning Super Bowls. Like, I'm just being honest. I'm not saying I'm some special player. I'm not saying I'm Ed Reed. I'm not saying I'm Ray Lewis. If I didn't go to Baltimore, Baltimore is not winning the championship. If I don't go to Baltimore, I'm not winning the championship. I was the right piece to the puzzle that they needed, and Ozzy knew it. That's why Ozzy will go down as probably one of the greatest GMs to ever, ever do it. I was trying to wait till the end of the episode to ask. But since you already referenced to it, and I know Chuck is going to love this, how do you feel about Lamar Jackson now? I know you said that he will never get a top receiver there. He got Odell Beckham now. I'm not saying he's the top 10 right now. But how do you feel about Lamar Jackson in Baltimore right now? And that offense? Well, you know, when, when, I, when I look at the signing of Odell Beckham, um, that signing was out of desperation. If you look at it, you got you signed a player to what seventeen million dollars guaranteed, fifteen or fifteen or sixteen million dollars guaranteed that didn't play football the year before, but you're going strictly off of his name. I'm not saying Odell Beckham isn't or wasn't really good. I, he was one of the best receivers uh, in the National Football League, but to give him fifteen to seventeen million dollars guaranteed and he didn't play the year before, and the reason he left was because of an ACL injury. Now you gave him that. That all that says to me is desperation. Um, Odell's Odell is a is a really good receiver. I think what's going to happen is because everything is changing with the offense, with them bringing a new offensive coordinator, and the offense is completely changing. And you know, when I got into it with with with, with Lamar, it was just one of those things where I told him, I said, you know, you can dislike what I'm saying, but I'm critiquing. I'm critiquing you. And if y'all remember, y'all know all kind of people, whether it was analysts, whether it was fans, whether it was other players, saying some players were saying, Lamar, he can't do certain things. He's a runner. He is. That's not, I mean, it, 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 I say it's bad because I'm looking like, no, I want you to, I want you to throw the ball, bro. Because at the end of the day, you're going to get hurt running the ball. You can't keep up that same intensity running the ball. Those yards cost something. You know, Lamar... What they're looking at with Lamar was, oh, Lamar is better than your 11. And in most cases, he is. He's better than the 11 guys on the defensive side of the ball. But as the game keeps going, as he keeps running, those legs get heavier and they slow down. And as you saw, first couple of years, Lamar running away from people. Now he, he, he ain't really running. He's still got a burst, but he's not running away from people. But now what's going to be interesting is how everything plays out. Now that mouthpiece, mouthpiece got to be off his mouth. Because he wasn't making no checks. Now he's got to make checks. He got to send a line. He got to be able to read the defense. He's got to know the protection. He got to be able to put his guys in certain situations. I think if if Odell Beckham can get to what he was doing before and, and, and the, the play that he was uh, having on the football field, Lamar's going to have to step his game up. Lamar can't miss because this is the best receiving core that he's had. So By far. Yeah, yeah. by far. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, I do agree with everything you oh said boy. as far as Lamar oh need to improve his game in the passing area and all that stuff. Um, do you think 
during his time with Gray Roman, do you think he Gray Roman was kind of limiting his ability to make those chases at the line and all the other stuff that you just mentioned? No. As far as his game? No. I mean, as a coach, you could, especially in the National Football League, you certain coaches come in with a resume. They come in with a game plan, a playbook. And I tell people all the time, I played against Greg Roman when he had a spread offense. And seeing Greg Roman fix that offense, because Lamar, if you look at it, Lamar was in a spread offense when he took over for Joe Flacco. Right. He wasn't able to produce. He didn't understand. He was happy feet in the pocket. So Greg Roman had to implement an offense where, excuse me, where Lamar was comfortable. And where Lamar was comfortable is, okay, hike, look, look, run. Look mm-hmm. at the offense that he was in. Look, look, run. He didn't have to do anything. A mouthpiece, how do, you, how do you check a play when your lips are covered with a mouthpiece? So Greg Roman created an offense where Lamar was capable of doing. Lamar was in the spread. Then he had to go to Greg that, that offense for Greg Roman. Now that offense for Greg Roman, you went spread every now and again, but at the end of the day, it was just one of those things where Greg Roman was just a fall guy. They know Lamar couldn't do it. They know Lamar couldn't stand back in the pocket. But so this is when a lot of people go, well, well, Bernard, he got paid now. He he is capable of doing nothing, doing something. They had Baltimore had to pay Lamar for what he's done in Baltimore. They had to. Nobody else was gonna pay Lamar that. Baltimore had to pay Lamar for for having what single digit losses and a whole bunch of wins. They had to pay him. And a lot of people going, well, well, he finally got his money. That was the same contract that they offered him the first time. He had to take it. Why? Because he saw his market. His market was that. His market wasn't anything higher than that. So, you know, at the end of the day, the business is a business. And the market showed Lamar what his market was. Nobody was trading for Lamar. Giving away the house for him when we don't even really know if you can do it because the only success you had, success you had was in that type of offense. And we not changing our offense for you. So Baltimore had to say, give us a fall guy, Greg Roman. Now we go and get a college guy. Why couldn't they bring in a pro guy? Why couldn't they? Because the pro guy knew. Wait a minute. Uh-uh. You ain't about to get me there. Because, you know, I'm, we can't run what I want to do over there. So bring in a college guy and implement an offense. Now, a college guy that was in the pros before with Cleveland and Tampa. So this a lot of people miss it. They miss all the stuff because of smoke and mirrors. They look at, oh, he got a contract. Oh, everything about to be crazy. And they just got bamboozled. Mm-hmm. So it's just one of them things, wow. man, where this Lamar is a, I think he's a phenomenal athlete. I will, you know, he was MVP because of the yards he ran for, not because of the yards he passed for. If you look at the, you know, the, the NFL wants to get upset and want to tell people, oh, well, he's not a running quarterback. Well, why every highlight you show he running? I'm not I'm not being mean. I'm saying Lamar Jackson, I want him to become a passer. He doesn't pass well outside the, the numbers. Any quarterback in the National Football League can throw a deep ball. Any quarterback can throw a deep ball. So I fully expect Lamar to be able to throw a deep ball. Lamar can't throw intermediate. He can't throw outside. Look at all of his throws. Everybody go, well, he led the league in touchdowns. Well, they were on a five-yard line, and they ran crossers and caught a ball at the two-yard line and ran it in. That's not you, you're not doing nothing for me there. So and, and I'm not trying to I'm not trying to dog him out, but I'm just saying like we've got to look at the whole picture. 
look at pieces of it that the NFL show you, and then you're going off what the media said. I, I'm not what like I told Lamar when we got into it. I told Lamar, don't you step on that football field because they're gonna play you. I've negotiated with Ozzy, I've negotiated with Eric DeCosta, I negotiated with him, and they played him and he ended up signing exactly what they offered him. So they played him. You stepped on a football field, thought you was doing it for your city, thought you was doing it because I, I want to be a nice guy. And they showed you real quick, uh, we're gonna wait to cut this check. And they did. And you end up you end up signing the check that they offered you the first time. And we all know with the wins and the losses that he had, he should have been the highest paid guy. Baltimore need to make him number one. Man, Mahomes, all them other boys about to come blow that contract out the water. That's just what it is. All right, so, all right. <laughs> what you ask me, am I okay, bro? I'm okay, but here's all right. So here's a, here's a, here's a trend I have going on with Gray Roman, right? Because we was in San Fran, they was up there and that's one of the top offices of the league in his first year. Then all of a sudden it went downhill. Then with the Buffalo, it was kind of the same thing. It went downhill after the first year. I, I think I just see a trend with Gray Roman as far as like his offense being good the first year, and then it gets figured out downhill. Is but Greg, while I do is, agree, did Greg Roman go to the Super Bowl? Oh yeah, he absolutely did. But that's that was early on though. Like did I Greg Roman go to the Super Bowl. Yes. But did he did he go back? Did he go back? When has Baltimore been back to the Super Bowl? Oh, it's been a very long time since you played. There you go. So if Greg Roman doesn't change that offense for Baltimore, nothing good happens for Baltimore. Nothing at all. Lamar is not who he is. We're not even talking about Lamar if he doesn't change. Because if they leave Lamar in a spread offense, Lamar is quickly going under. Quick, fast, and in a hurry. Lamar is a phenomenal athlete. But if Greg Roman did not change that offense, and a lot of people go, well, well, he, he did the same thing in, in Buffalo. He did the same thing in San Francisco. No, he didn't. I played against him. He did not do that at all. This is, What he did in Baltimore was completely new and caught everybody off guard and allowed – Lamar to be an athlete. He was able to be an athlete playing backyard football. And now after a year, year and a half of it, now what did everybody do? Catch on to it. And so now everybody want to blame Greg Roman. At the end of the day, why don't y'all drive Lamborghinis and drive Bentleys and dr and live in 20,000 square foot houses and everything else? Why? Y'all looking like, what? I'm leaving, I'm living according to my means. I can't go drive a Bentley. I can't go drive a Lambo. I can't go do all this other stuff. Same thing with Greg Roman. He can't go implement all this complicated, complex offense when Lamar can't run it. So instead of embarrassing Lamar, let us let us run what he can run. He don't just he ain't create the offense for no reason. He created the offense because the quarterback that I got can can only run this. Look at Navy. They run option for a reason. They won't go spread for a reason. They can't recruit better athletes, so they got to stick to keeping everything compact. Look at other colleges. You, you you play the cards that you dealt, and he was dealt that. A good piece, but he was dealt that. That was limited in what he could do. So what can Lamar do to change his perspective and to become a better quarterback? He's just he's got to throw the ball a lot better. Um, you know, look at it. Look at look at games where first in, in the first half, Lamar was six for twenty-three. And then all of a sudden in the second half, he had 13 completions, 14 completions. Like bro, you as as a as a if y'all y'all know Goodwill, if y'all watch Patrick Mahomes be six for 27, six for 30, y'all be like, what in the world? 
but everybody gave Lamar a pass because he was six for 23, but he had 130 yards rushing for two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. That's where the pass come in because he's able to run. He's he's so dynamic. He's so explosive with his legs. Once again, does he win the MVP if he did not rush for over a thousand yards? No, because Patrick Mahomes out out threw him that year. But what Patrick Mahomes didn't do was outrun him that year. Are you talking about like 2019? I think MVP I, I, year. I, yeah, MVP year. Okay. All right, because I I know I think Lamar led the league in touchdowns that year, but Patrick Mahomes got hurt yeah. that year. But look, so, but but that's what I'm saying. So when you lead the league in touchdowns, everybody in the league, all everybody know what, what you're doing. All you did was ran crossers. They ran Lamar all the way from the five yard line from one side of the field all the way to the seven yard line on the other side of the field, and then called a pass that was a crosser. Caught it at, at the four yard line, ran it in. He did that. I I I counted. He had 17 touchdowns from the eight yard line and in. 17. Think about that. 17 touchdowns from the eight yard line and in. So all these stat guys, everybody wants to say, oh, he was this and he was that. Technically, I mean, freaking A. You got to respect him because of his legs, so you back everybody up. To, to And so they just ran crossers underneath, threw the ball for one yard, ran it for seven. That's what happened. You feel like Mahomes kind of has some little touchdown passes, kind of like that in the sense when they run those shovel passes? So you, you got to look at it. So Mahomes is capable of doing that, and Mahomes is capable of managing and doing everything – that no other quarterback can do. So to even compare the two is crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like Mahomes is making checks. Mahomes is putting people in the right position. Mahomes is throwing darts down the football field. Mahomes is putting his guys in in certain situations. So you know, like 17 touchdowns from from that from that uh, what eight yard line and in 10 yard line and in. No, I mean you got the best offensive coordinator in football. He can do way more than that. They get crazy and they do. They, they're, they're exotic down there, and they can get sexy, and that's what you're seeing. You're not. You're you're seeing Lamar run all the way down there, and look, they're his stats. Those are good things. But what what I tell people is, for us as football players, when we watch it on film, all we got to do is say, "Oh, okay, don't let him get down there. He can't throw a touchdown if he, we just don't even let him get down there." And so, as you guys are seeing, all of a sudden. Those explosive plays, those run plays, when did you see it like that last year? It was a highlight reel every week in 19 or 20 or whatever it was. And, and it was just highlight after highlight after highlight. I tell people, those runs cost something. They, go, they cost something. And so when, when Lamar can't run, is he the same type of quarterback that everybody think he is? Nope. Nope. Because he can't run. But people respect his legs because he can run. So it opens up windows in the passing game. Look at all of his all of his plays. He throws slants, crossers. Okay, run around, run around, run around. Throw a ball deep to Hollywood. That's how that's how Baltimore was just. It's backyard football. Backyard football does not win. Tell me one quarterback that played like that that actually won. I'll wait. Kind of like Brett Favre in a sense. Nope. He didn't do it all the time, but he implemented this game a little bit. You still ain't told me one quarterback. <laughs> what you mean? He, he, he was the definition of backyard football back in the nineties. No, Brett Brett Favre was not Brett Favre was not backyard football. Brett Favre was a gunslinger. Mm-hmm. He was a gunslinger. Yeah, he was a gunslinger, but he implemented right. some of that though. 
but no, evading a rush and having a, a run around, run around. Look who was the play against? I forget who it was. Where it was literally run, he ran left, right, left, right, and just threw a ball all the way to the left side of the field. The guy, the, the defense opponent should have picked it off, but misjudged, I think was against the Chargers, if I'm not mistaken. And his guy is end up catching the ball. That's backyard football. Brett Favre had to dodge some things because a rush came through. Like Brett, I mean, he was never that athletic. Steve Young was capable of doing some of that stuff, but you know, like playing backyard football, they, never, never. And, and but that's my opinion. Okay, I mean that's I mean yeah that's cool. I mean we agree on some things, some things we disagree with. But you know I respect your opinion. You played the game, you've been in the league, so hey. So I'm gonna pivot and ask you something. I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot to training camp. Okay. So the guys are about a week out from arriving for training camp, and I want to know what were you doing that last week before training camp? Were you at the beach relaxing? Were you binging pizza? Were you in the gym? Like, what got you prepared for training camp? Oh, no, you got to lock in. I mean, this is the time where everybody's got to lock in, knowing and understanding what they got to do. Um, you know, so so the eating bad is – that's that's not even – you can't do that. Uh, sitting down, chilling on the beach, you can't do it. You have to – you have got to – you got to be at a point right now where, you know, now you're – you know, you're kind of maintaining and taking care of the body to get ready for camp. Um, the, the vacations and everything else should have been that. That was a few weeks ago. You know, you got to get back into moving things and, and getting the body fired up so that you can get back on a quick twitch. Because for a lot of guys, for a lot of teams, you got to go past the conditioning test when you get to training camp. So if you've been sitting around or at a beach somewhere, it ain't going to end well for you. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, a lot of guys got it. They got to be ready uh, mentally, physically, and they got to be prepared to get ready to go because, you know, what is it? Two preseason games now? Uh, or th- is it two or three? Three. 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 So three preseason games yeah, now, uh, but two because they, you know, starters really ain't going to play uh, in, in one of them in the first one. So, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, you're limited on the reps you're going to get. So that offseason preparation has got to be intense. Okay. So um, one, well, I know we uh, probably going to be short on time here. Uh, I got one more question with this too. one. Yeah, um, go ahead, Boog, and I'll go last. Go ahead with yours real quick. My question is, a lot of people, I don't know how you are with the greatest of all time throwing that label on a player. A lot of people think Mahomes could go down as the best player ever. What does he need to do to be considered that, in your opinion? Man, he, he with Patrick, man, Patrick is, that, that dude's different. He's different. Um... To go down as the best player ever, I, when it comes down to quarterbacks, I think he's up there with the top guys. You know, obviously, you know Brady has got the wins, uh, the rings. Um, you know, Mahomes is is he can throw with the best of them. Dan Marino, uh, Cunningham, uh, Peyton. You know, he throws with the best of them. And obviously, you know, I tell people all the time, we can't. Because of what guys are doing in today's football, right? We can't diminish what was done in the past. Uh, we, we can't kill that because I, 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 I thought Peyton Manning is when it came down to understanding ball, understanding what everybody's supposed to do. Uh, Peyton was the coach and Peyton was the player. That's where I, I almost I, I feel like Peyton is the best quarterback that played this game. Um, 
I don't Mahomes is phenomenal. He has got things that I ain't never seen. He's done things that I ain't ne I've never seen. Um, but it's just one of those things. If you take if you take Andy Reid from Mahomes, is Mahomes who he is? So I got to ask myself those questions, right? And it may be it, it may be crazy. It may, it may not be fair to him because he can't help where he got drafted, right? We can't help where how we're born, where we're born, and who we're born to. We can't help those things. But you know, and, and he can't help where he was drafted under a great coach. Um, but you know, I just look at that and I'm like, ooh, Peyton really, you know, Peyton was the coach. He did it all. And, you know, but, you know, I think Mahomes, I think Mahomes will go down as the best quarterback to play this game just off of his performance. Uh, two Super Bowl wins now. Uh, he's been at, he's been to the Super Bowl multiple times, uh, you know, so I think he's going to go down as the best quarterback uh, to play the game. But the best overall player that played this game, I just I look at that's a, you know, that's a different that's different for me. And I don't really know how to answer the best player because it's got to be position specific for me yeah. okay so i'm gonna I'm end it off with this um as far as like the chiefs in general as long as they have patrick mahomes here um, andy reed i don't know how i think andy reed's gonna coach like right until patrick mahomes prime at least uh, travis kills got a few more years like what's the ceiling for this chiefs organization this chiefs team in general as far as like how far they can go with patrick mahomes like as far as winning super bowls championships or whatnot well, I mean, I think it goes with, you know, how long Coach uh, Reed stays there. I, I think Coach Reed is a guy who, you know, he can put any piece in that offense and be successful. His 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 offensive mind is just incredible. I, I think with him keeping Coach Magnolia on the defensive side of the ball to, to you know, make sure everything is going right over there, I, I, he's, he's covered at every point. You know, obviously he's the head coach, but he's the offensive coordinator as well. I don't care who you give the title to. It still goes to Andy Reid and you're running Andy Reid's scheme and plays and, you know, every adjustments, everything. On the defensive side of the ball is Steve Spagnuolo and, and he controls that thing and get guys going. And I think they complement each other because you can put you may have one or two pieces on that side of the ball, but you're you're able to complement those pieces with other pieces that can be just guys, and you just and they just play well because of what I can do up here, and you know, putting it on paper and allow and have my guys buy into it. Because I think when you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, they're bought in. I don't care who you draft, they're bought in, and so um, it's going to be. I mean, as long as Coach Reed's there, I think the sky is the limit. I am going to say this, and some people may not like it. Uh -oh. I, I think the net. I think the next best offensive mind in football is in Denver. Coach Payton is a is a brilliant offensive mind. I I'm going to say right now. I think the Denver Broncos. I think they're going to put pressure. Coach Payton automatically with his resume, with what he's capable of doing, he puts pressure on Coach Reed because he is capable of doing some of the same things offensively that coach Reed can do. And, you know, he got the guy that he won in defensively. They got the pieces offensively and pieces defensively. So I'm, I'm like, I'm not sitting there saying whatever. I'm just saying the Denver Broncos, I'm not going, I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl, but they, they're going to be a team where look, you better respect Coach Payton. And I, I was telling people this a couple weeks ago. Respect Coach Payton. He is a brilliant offensive mind. You have Coach Reed. You have Coach Payton. 
and that gap is not large. Mm. I don't think it's correct. I don't think it's crazy of what you just said because yeah. I feel like Sean Payton should have had at least two more Super Bowl appearances, but yep. you know, there's other factors yep. that play Rules. into that. Yep. Bad calls. Yeah. Or no calls. Right. Right. <laughs> so um so um I got another one to end it off. Um what do you see that do you do you how confident are you that the Chiefs repeat this season? I mean that goes back to what I just said. I, I don't you know it, it it it's some the AFC West Look, man, I mean, I, I don't know. The Raiders, I can't stand their head coach. I, I don't like that Patriot way. I agree. Doing all that bull crap. I agree. Like, so, I mean, they compete every now and again. I, I think they're going to be a mess. They might come out and shock people. But when you look at the Chargers, when you look at the Broncos, when you look at the Chiefs, you got power with them three teams. And it's going to be interesting. Um, and a lot of people are playing catch up. You know, they're trying to catch up to what Kansas City is doing. Uh, so, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. I'm not, I, you have to say because of what they did last year. And, and, and a lot of people, I've heard somebody say that they wasn't a dynasty. The Kansas city chiefs are a dynasty. They're a dynasty. You could like say whatever you want to say, but you need to make sure you call them a dynasty for the things that they've been capable of doing the last few years has been remarkable. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, You've got to say they're Super Bowl contenders. They are They are not pretenders. They are contenders. Uh, but I, I do think it's going to be a lot tougher in the AFC West um, because you got, you know, a good mind in, in, in L.A. with the Chargers, and you definitely got one with Coach, uh, with, with Coach Payton um, and, and uh, Denver. But I, I think the AFC, the AFC period, that conference is, 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 is loaded, and they're going to be ready to play some ball. And a lot of people, they gonna, they're, they're going to try to get after the boys. So, you know, it's going to be interesting. Fun to watch. I agree 1,000%. Can't wait to watch the AFC this season. But, Bernard, man, thank you for hopping on the show tonight, man. It was great having you on, man. Man, appreciate you guys for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. Yes, thank you so much. Yes, ma'am. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Bernard Pollard, former Chief Safety of the Kansas City Chiefs and multiple teams around the league. But before I before we go ahead and get up out of here, let's go to our sponsor here. Uh, let's go ahead and go to Homage here. Today, they special is uh, 20% off outdoors. Today only, you know, if you're an outdoors, outdoors person, you love to get out there, hike, go to the woods, wherever, camp, wherever you do outdoors, uh, 20% off apparel today. Uh, you got your pop culture collection going on still. Uh, you got your logo collection going on just in time for training camp. And then you got your go-to lounge collection, you know, whether you just want to lounge around the house or get out and get some fresh air. So go and copy some gear and pay homage. All right, and before we go ahead and wrap this bad boy up, I know you guys saw the news with Quinn Williams today. He got his contract. Um, it was at four years, $96 million, $66 million guaranteed. He's currently the second highest paid defense tackle in the league. Now, we do expect when Chris Jones gets his deal, it's going to be four years, $100 million, $70 million guaranteed, somewhere in there. So, I mean, do you think this deal gets done before training camp or during, like, the first week of it? So, tomorrow's the 14th. I think when he signed four years ago or three years ago, whatever it was, it was on July 14th. So, I'm not going to say it's the same day, but right before training camp, right after this Quinn and Williams signing – 
I think I think we see some tomorrow. I'm hopeful. I'm sending positive vibes out there. I'm gonna call Brett Beach right after this, make sure he's good. He doesn't need my help with anything. And uh, yeah, I think we see something tomorrow, hopefully early next week. I'm definitely feeling better today than I did this last episode about Chris Jones. Get him that 70 million, but I see DeAndre Hopkins comment on his Instagram post and I see the handshakes and the, all that. If we pull this off, oh man. I, don't, yeah. I didn't even want to feed into the rumor. Y'all know I didn't want to, but he also Chris Jones and D Hop, man. Oh man. He thanked Brett Beach last night. I think that was the first person he thanked. So he was like, wing wing, thanks, Brett. Like Felt a little <laughs> bit like that. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, we're just waiting to see when the big fella's gonna sign and it's gonna be on and popping. So I'm just glad that uh the Jets went out here and took care of that. And yes. we can move forward. <laughs> Wait, to, silly. Wait all right, so and for those who haven't seen Netflix quarterback, go and watch that. We're not gonna talk about it tonight because Boogie has yet to see a single episode. Boogie, I'm you need to go and catch up. Get out, get with us, bro. I'm off the next three days. I'm knocking it out. I'm knocking it out. I got you. All right, so we'll talk about it next week, or we might host host a space. Who knows? But we definitely gonna talk about it soon. So it's a great series though so far. Uh, I'm getting through episode five. That's where I'm at with it. So. I finished it because I'm crazy. <laughs> it's good. It only gets so, better. Let me say that much. Yep. So that, being, so that being said, don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, share all your social media platforms. To the next episode, we out here at Chiefs Kingdom. Training camp's right around the corner. Let's get it.